0: Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters Podcast. He's there, and I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some Vikings football, some good old Vikings football. Um hope everybody's uh being safe out there. <laughs> this new uh variant is spreading like the Dickens, uh, to say something that would probably be said about a hundred years ago. But anyway, um the Vikings. Won a game in prime time on the road, in Soldier Field. And yes, it was ugly. But how many games have we lost in an ugly fashion, especially in this rivalry of late? And just overall. Um, so yeah, was it a thing of beauty? No, it was an old school, black and blue, put my thumb in your eye type game. But they did get the W. Definitely. Seemed like the offense was doing pretty well in the first half. Then no go. The usual suspects <laughs> were in play. Even more with Hicks uh this time. He probably had his best game of all time against us. Um but luckily the defense stood up. This was really a defense like I said, the offense did just enough, but the defense, man, holy and DJ. Wow. I mean the stat, You can look at the three stats. We will talk about it. But the other stuff is that much more impressive in this. I'm just impressed. You know, a lot of people, you know, say Zimmer can't coach anymore and all that. And, sure, we've been critical of him as well, especially sometimes his influence on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, for him to continue to get this kind of pressure, Without one of the best defensive ends, one of the best defensive players in the league, uh, with Hunter oh you know, that, that's saying a whole lot. So we're gonna, um, recap Monday night's game, uh, talk it through a little bit. Obviously now we're back to 500. We're in the seventh spot. That thing is just all fluctuated. But these last three games, whole lot of challenge, especially this one coming up. It's going to be a short turnaround for both teams. I mean, I guess the Rams did play last night, so they, they get a day less, uh, but this is going to be a tough one. Yes, it's at home and all, but man, um, it's going to be tough. <laughs> We're talking about all these guys that, uh, the bears have on defense as far as the front seven I know had corners out. Um, but man, they don't have a corner out, uh, in this one, or at least Ram- if Ramsey's in the game, they got corners. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they play defense against us. So, yeah, we're going to dig into this stuff for just a moment. If this is your first time listening to this year Vikings podcast, welcome. It's available in a variety of ways. It streams live on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio. Um, you don't have to go right to Block Talk and RopeDope but that's not your thing. You can find the platform on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Player FM, tune in. Amazon Music, I forgot to mention that. That's somewhat of a new thing just in general. Um, we're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network. Uh, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegrulingshoot.com. And then, of course, on Spricker, we do have a Spricker page that Aaron set up. It's called Living in Loserville on Spricker. Um, so it's available there as well, along with uh, some podcasts that Aaron does that you may enjoy. Um, one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as 69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate Package, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees, which you're seeing more and more. And if you go all the way to the premier package, that'll give you HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's direct TV stream. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in my co-host Aaron and see how he's doing on this Wednesday night.
1: Doing great, Chris, doing great. I thought uh that was a chippy game we saw, and that made it more entertaining to watch. I mean, I thought there's a little grit there showed by the Vikings, and, you know, they got pushed around, and I think you know, I think I saw him push back. Uh I know I saw Barr kind of toss some guys around and they just didn't seem to back down this time, which was good. I mean, last game I thought at soldier field, it took Delvin cook to get up and I came mm. Hicks in his face and nobody else really did. But this time around, I think they fought back. I thought it was a good performance for them, but I, you know, it's still the same problems with the offensive line. Although there were some changes and I think they held up better than they have in the past, but there was no Khalil Mack and, you know, you did have the defensive end from the other side, who's causing a little bit of trouble. But, you know, we still got to shore that up. But nonetheless, a good win in Chicago.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's probably not going to go anywhere. We have cut down on the sacks. Uh Some of that was, you know, just getting rid of the ball, short passing, which a lot of people love to complain about. And we, you know, especially those back-to-back weeks we talked about, shit, that's like, what, six weeks ago or whatever um we get that part but sometimes you got a short pass it was kind of funny cause Zimmer well because remember Zimmer was all of a sudden the aggressor he kept saying we got to be aggressive we got to be aggressive and, and you know for about a month there we said screw it let's do it it's harder to be aggressive without feeling in there especially in the red zone to an extent but um <laughs> I noticed you know him saying well you know we probably should have short passed a little bit up this one. we could have dinked and dumped we said dinked and dump and uh, you just hear the media go, dink and dump. Fire him at once. Get the stakes out. Get the fight. It's just like, you know, you, you do got to dink and dump at times. Otherwise you're going to be the dump part. The quarterback's going to be dumped. And, and uh, the Cousins definitely was. But the good part about it is the pressure that we kept bringing to, um, you know, to get that touchdown drive early, um, really, you know, helped to get off the good schneid. Uh, Cook kind of got like three or four carries in a row. Uh, Jefferson had a nice little catch and a run, and then really nice route on that TD. Nice route, nice throw, uh, got it in. So you know, it's always good to get that early lead when you're playing. Uh, you know, it seems like the when you're playing the Bears on the road, especially, but when the Vikings are playing the Bears, we should say because it did. It seems like the roles were reversed this year. Um, you know, they got we got the lead and just kind of sat on it. Then we kind of went pretty conservative down the stretch, with, which did make a lot of sense. But, um, you know, the turnovers and the pressure, you know, was such a key thing. And, um, you know, to create that turnover and get up 10-zip off of it, we had a decent little drive. Um, of course, you know, it was uh, spoiled, the drive, as far as a touchdown drive uh, by our guy, Hicks. Um and I just wrote Jesus Christ on one of the notes here. I'm <laughs> sack. It was like, oh, my God, that was nasty. Um, and, I, you know, it did help that they employed. I think another Quinn actually got a sack on that drive too. But yeah. if you're looking at 10-0, it's like, okay, dude, we're looking pretty good. Another fumble, weren't able to capitalize on it. Um, and then they had a long drive, um, 12 plays, 49 yards, almost uh, six plays, but we did stop them for a field goal. And that was one of the telling stories defensively was the red zone and just, you know, goal to goal. That stat that came up. I, I didn't even, I didn't even know that. I knew we weren't good in goal, you know, goal to goal, whatever they thought, you know, call it, but I didn't realize it was that bad. But man, the red zone defense uh, saved the game in many ways.
1: Well, that's kind of what's needed to return since maybe, you know, the disastrous season defensively that was last year was that you know, Zimmer's defenses have always been, you know, 20 to 20 they They're you know, they'll give you some stuff, but when you get in the red zone, they've always been really good. I remember there's numerous goal line stands. They took a lot of pride in it. And uh for the last two seasons, it just hasn't quite been there. And I'm not saying it's back to that degree, but it's more characteristic of what you're going to see uh from a Zimmer defense or what you're used to seeing from it anyway. And, uh, you yeah, it's just been, you know, a thing this year where it's like, okay, well, you can't really say this is an old Zimmer defense and you can't really say, you know, this is some sort of new thing. Cause it's, you know, you're missing some guys, particularly Hunter, you are creating pressure. I thought that was really impressive. You know, we're like three weeks into now maybe even more of this kind of like new defensive line rotation. And we're seeing guys like Jones Wantum. Uh, you know, Pierce is back. You got Tomlinson, Hicks, uh, even Lynch, guys that are coming in. I mean, that's a lot of names I just named there, and I think I'm missing a couple guys in that rotation. And it's starting to pay off. Now, I know the Bears line isn't, you know, world beaters, but just to get pressure again is something that, you know, you need to see. And you, you just haven't seen it this season. And back to the red zone stuff, I mean, that's what you want to see out of what Mike Zimmer's defense has to offer, and I think this is a pretty good example of it. Uh, what was it? Monday night in Chicago.
0: It really was, right? Third down and red zone. That's kind of like in pressure, <laughs> in blitzes, right? That, that but the, which is pressure, right? So that's that's kind of Zimmer right there in a nutshell. Um, the The interception. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of in between on it because I get that the ref isn't. I don't know. It's like, on one hand, you look and you go, "What the hell? Aren't don't you see this? Like he had him beat. That's why the dude grabbed. Jeff- it was going to be one on one with a safety in Jefferson. Um, but I did actually see feeling today. Go, you know, when it's like that away from where the ball's getting thrown. They're not looking at that, and so he kind of talked me off the ledge there a little bit. But that was about, I mean, you can't take down much more than that. I thought he fell right away, Mm -hmm. but once you see the replay, maybe that's what the, I mean, I thought he fell just because he was on the ground. You know, it's not that I saw him fall, you know, so the ref couldn't have seen him fall either. Uh, but that takedown, I mean, he had him beat so hard the corner was like, "I'm, I'm good, dude. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do this because it's gonna be safety in Jefferson, and he'll come down with it and probably score somehow because it'll just be a safety in him." So, um, but that did suck. Um, but you know what? <laughs> yeah. Miss field goal. You know, what I mean, they yeah. did get the missed field goal at least, and that's where the roles were reversed this year because that's something even off a turnover we
1: would have done. Yeah, Cairo Santos. But I think it was blocked a little bit. Didn't uh, Tomlinson get a hand on it?
0: I think so. They said not, but I thought, ah, was it really that bad? I don't think so. I think you're right. I
1: think he got like a thumb and a forefinger on it, but enough. But, um, yeah, so when I saw that, I'm watching it, and I'm just going, oh, God, you know, because it's one of those balls. Kirk's under pressure, and uh, he's not intense, but good enough pressure. He throws it up, and I just, you know, as he's traveled – with the ball down the field, you're like, there's nobody there. It
0: looks
1: like a punt. I'm cursing, Kirk. I'm just like, what the hell was that and all that. And about 30 seconds later, they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to show you the Jefferson. And, yeah, you're right, they don't, you know, but there's a lot of officials there, so I'm not saying there's a lot of. You should be looking
0: at Jefferson. He's a good player. (laughs) You know, They weren't
1: all, they were all not looking at it. I don't know. I thought that game, (laughs) as far as officiating what that game was, not well officiated, and I, I mean um, for both teams, um, just some some missed calls and then some calls that should have been called that weren't. I'm thinking of one in particular. Oh, Kirk got his head rocked a few times, and uh it was just all over the place. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if did they score on that interception, Chris. But I, I thought, you know, I felt immediately after the replay, I was like, okay, well, I give Kirk, you know, credit on that one. I think he saw what you saw that you know Jefferson had him and he just gonna throw it up give Jefferson a chance yeah, to make a play. Get
0: underneath now
1: him. looking at the ball I don't think he threw it far enough. Let's say Jefferson had
0: I think he you know, was going to short of that safety, you know.
1: Yeah, that's possible. Well yeah, obviously cuz the safety caught it. But I mean we we caused turnovers too. I mean Barr got the the nice uh swipe on Fields and then you know uh there's another one too. Oh Montgomery, Sheldon. That was another call, Chris, where they Yes. Uh, where It's like he clearly fumbled the ball. They called it down. And I don't know if Zimmer had to uh, – I think he did have to challenge it. And then they found out that – and then, you know, and Sheldon would have scored on that play. So that's just one of those things. It's like you, you're always going to get something at Soldier Field. I mean, let's just, let's just chalk it up to that. You're always going to get something, whether it's tall grass or or whatever it is. There's always something in that game.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Um in the second half, you know, right away, DJ, another sack. Felt like Fields probably needed to throw the ball there. He was gonna try to loop back like it was college, like, dude, this isn't Doug Flutie, and I'm like, This isn't Johnny Menzel. Uh and then you could tell he straightened out after that when he ran. It was pretty funny. He's like, Okay, I should have done that. But that's part of being a rookie, right? Um But then it was kind of like uh the back to back rookie runs which I love to see the Rook getting in there. Um, there was that illegal low blow chop call thing, um, which some people were like, I don't like it. Others were like, well, he did go for his knee. If you look at the, the rule of the, the play, it was a penalty. But I understand what, what some folks are saying in general. That is a uh, They're protecting linemen, but if I'm going to say, hey, you know we're protecting uh, quarterbacks too much. I don't know. It is what it is, but um, and if I think two more tackles for loss fix that on that drive. However, um, Smithmore set uh, talk about a decoy. Um, <laughs> Jefferson, I mean, I think they had thirteen guys on the field, and about seven of them went to Jefferson on that play because. Uh, Smith-Marset was just wide open in the end zone. It was a beautiful play and a great decoy in the red zone. And we've been struggling ever since Thielen's been out in the red zone. So that was nice to see, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what Jefferson can bring you is that decoy stuff. But you, know, you still got to pick up Marset. Someone's got to pick him up. I mean, yeah. it's it, – without – I'm struggling to say this, but the secondaries obviously are going to change – if you take feeling out because you, that allows them to not double and triple all these other guys. And um it's, I guess that's what happened there. I mean, they figured, you know what? Smith-Marset's got three catches on the year something like that. No touchdowns. And you would just assume that everything would go to Jefferson in that uh, situation and I guess it just slipped and that's a great play call you know by Kubiak I don't know if he designed it that way or what I didn't see any kind of screen or anything like that it was just three guys bit and you know Marset's all alone in the corner of the end zone And, you know I just gotta you know you gotta say that's a good call whether it was meant to be that way or not I mean I, I don't think you can plan on three guys following Jefferson but you know that's what that's what happened and, Great play, timely touchdown.
0: And like you said, I mean, just to have them over by each other is what caused the play, you know what I mean? So you're good call on that. It was a good play call because it was like, all right, dude, you got two dudes here, you know who they're going to uh, shine on. And then it was basically the turnover on down show. It was the three and out getting just <laughs> – I mean, there were a couple like third and nines where it's like, oh, we almost got the catch, oh, we almost – but it was just like – Time to just beat up Cousins, um, and uh, but on the other side, the defense, the the turnover on downs. When you look at it, uh, to get that, I mean, you're talking one, two, three in a row drives ended at that, and um, it got a little shaky. We had that deflected kick, you know, or the punt that is like, oh shit, here we go, dude. This game's not over. Hold on, this is this is getting a little funky here. But the defense, you know, we talked about the red zone. Um, Pat P making back-to-back plays in the end zone, knocking the ball down. Um, Like I said, it was just so key. And that stat they brought up that I, I guess if you would have asked us, we would have been probably like, oh, probably only one or two times. But it was the first stop, and then we had three more the first stop in a goal to go situation of the year so once you get go you know first and go on us it's a wrap, dude you might as well, they're gonna they're gonna score um and that's kind of telling like what you said like we're starting to get it back now that we're getting bodies back because remember the week before we were 0 of eight on those go-ahead tie drives in the last two minutes for defense and they stopped them now you know sure it went all the way to the end zone and all that we could talk about that like a viking fan would on twitter or facebook but at the same time that's how it goes it's the you know it's a very tight thing you're either going to be on one side or not and so for that to happen back to back weeks it's like huh god if we could have gotten these guys back a month ago you know 6 weeks ago um
1: well i also we- think Go ahead. Go ahead. i also think that's where the chippiness comes in i think the bears hit them just hard enough to wake them up you know, I think this defense has sort of just sort of been, I'm not saying they're out there, you know, taking plays off or anything like that, but I think they got hit in the mouth and I think they responded. And that's something that, you know, and I think that's that play you mentioned earlier about, you know, the, the goal to go. I, they started fighting back and that's when you're like, okay, you know, this is, this is what it's going to be now. And I think this, you know, lackadaisical approach of, you know, every time they're in the red zone or you're, you know, first and goal that they've been giving it up all year. And, you know, maybe that some of that was set out there and, you know, just getting hit enough to where you're like, you know, F these dudes. And I think that's kind of what happened. defense turned around, started getting pressures, starting pushing back, start throwing guys around. I mean, that's kind of the toughness and the edge that I think all of us have been kind of waiting to see this team respond in some way. And I think that's two good examples, Chris, of the, the turnover on the downs, and then the, you know, the goal line stuff. That's that's all about toughness, and I think they finally stood up to it. And I just hope it continues. I, I hope it's not the, only the Bears that brings this out in them.
0: Yeah, right. No kidding. And that would be built up tension over the last few years too with this team. So um, you're right. That's a good call. Hopefully, it's not just that that game. DJ won though, dude. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, look at the career highs. The sacks, three sacks. That's phenomenal he had eight tackles forced to fumble and had a career-high nine pressures and he was that play where you usually see this called but when it's a running quarterback you get away with a little bit more he did uh, push him when he was in bounds, but that doesn't stop you know the refs from throwing flags but he was able to track down a very speedy and crafty runner in fields a couple times, and it's it's just really nice to see Wanham coming all the way into his prime now. I mean, this guy's starting to – Chris Boyd was another guy. Cam was another mm-hmm. guy. Dansler, We're starting to see that. And then I mentioned, you know, Pat P with those back-to-back plays. Uh, he's just been steady all year. I know people uh, want him to get, like, eight interceptions this year. Or so I don't know. But they're not really targeting him much. You know <laughs> what I mean? So – how do you get picks if they don't throw it to you much? You know, I think he's been real steady. Um, and his, his cousin, McFadden, said, Hey, man, if, if they want to keep him here, he wants to stay here. And it's like, Yeah, I'll take a couple years. I'll take a couple years of him after the, in the twilight of his career. I, I wouldn't call it the twilight like he's faded and stuff like that, you know, drastically. He, he's still a really solid corner. So, you know? um, is he what he was, you know, a handful of years ago? No. But he, I like it. I like what I see out of there, and, and that's what it was: turnover on downs, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, and the defense, you know, straightened it out. Man, it, it was it was fun, Grinded out game. Uh, you know, a lot of people are complaining about the game while it's going on, and this is ugly. But you know, how many times have we outgained you know teams? <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, we outgained them. Look at all this. Th- we got this. We got that. I mean, even the third down. You know that pretty much shut down in the second half it's still it's 17 attempts on third down that's a lot of third downs and if we would have just got to like seven maybe even eight if you're over 40 percent, you're good it was only five and that's probably what kept it going longer they got that ugly which probably shouldn't have counted on the time clock but we won't get into that that ugly you know stuff late but and we were that close to having a couple more first downs but yeah, I mean they had you know almost 100 yards of penalties, and overall, yeah, we usually lose that game. I guess is the moral of the story.
1: Yeah, well, don't get me started on the NFL rule book here. But let's, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about was the Kendricks play? Was that a crafty move by Fields? Which I think right. is probably less of that because what do you want Kendricks to do with here? It's like. It's one of those calls, you know, Zimmer talks about, like, you know, they're really hamstringing my defense. Well, to a point, I can see that. I mean, you're pursuing the ball. You got a quick runner like that who can contort his body and, and you know, in a second, you know, start the slide. And if you look at it, it's bang, bang in real time. And it's like, I think it's from the point of Kendrick's getting ready for the tackle and him going into the slide is milliseconds. And it just so happens to graze his head. And not only – Do you get the penalty for that, but you eject Kendricks for for that? Uh, I don't know what to think of it. My opinion on it is that it's a little bit of both. Like, could Kendricks have pulled up? Yeah, but then chances, you know, missing a tackle. And, you know, could uh, Fields have eased into his slide a little bit more? Yeah, probably. But I think it was a little gamesmanship on Fields. I can't really prove it, but I feel like, Kind of knew what he was doing. I won't call it a flop in a sense, like an NBA flop, but I think it was an opportunity that he saw and took.
0: I think that's a good way to do it. It definitely wasn't NBA or, uh, you know, football, right? Soccer the flops, nothing like that. But I did know, I, I saw someone talking about it today, and they made a point that when he slides, he does stay pretty, you know, straight up. Like his dad must have been like, keep your back straight, you know, when he was sitting at on the kitchen table or something. Because I did notice like, hey dude, you're gonna get hurt if you do that. Um, maybe not this time, but you're gonna get hurt. But at the same time it is drawing a penalty. And like you said, at the contact, he did kind of be like, oh that was that technically that was the contact, you know. So um I thought it was usually a quarterback will kind of lean back a little bit more, like I thought you described it really well. Um penalty, yeah, sure. Got it. But don't kick him out of the game. I think that's that's where it's a little over the top. And now, does it get reviewed this week? And do we have Kendricks for the first half? We haven't had, well, you know, somebody kicked out of a game since Harrison, I think two years ago, maybe last year. I don't remember. But I know in college, it's just like that happens a little bit more in college. That's for sure. And then you you miss the next game in the first half if you get ejected. So I'm like, so – I can't, it's like I'm losing sight of that rule for the NFL. Does he miss the first half or am I just tripping?
1: Uh, I don't know the, if that's the case. I just know that, you know, if that is the case, that's terrible. We need Kendricks, obviously, uh, particularly in this next one. And, uh, and even we could have used him in the second half. I mean, I I don't think he played his best game. Uh, He's getting pushed around a little bit and a lot of runs coming up his thing. And, it, it's, you know, but most of nine out of 10 games, Kendricks is going to probably be your best defender. And, um, so it was, you know, it's one of those things where you, you're going to have to deal with the rules. Not, I'm not talking about the rules about whether he, you know, gets to play the right. first half. I don't, cause we, I don't know that we'll look it up later. If you guys want to look it up, you know, out there, look it up. But, you know, it's one of those things where you're going to have to come, What's the line, Chris, between the penalty and the ejection? Is there malice involved? Is there, you know, taunting? Is there, you know, some sort of, uh, roughness involved in it? Because if that's the case, there's no way that you should eject Kendricks for that. That was just a bang bang football play. Unfortunately, the heads touched. I don't think there was even much contact, uh, as far as like actual, uh, collision wise. It just seemed to be incidental to me. And then to make the call to go to the ejection to me is just a step too far. I particularly for looking at that play that should probably be reviewed on the field and then, okay, yeah, he, you know, threw an elbow. Okay. Cool. He's out for the game, but you know, if you just look at that play, it's just nothing but incidental contact. And I just couldn't believe that they ejected him for that. And I don't, we'll take a look, maybe get back to you on the rules with that, but it just seems like there should be a line between you know uh intent and actually what happened yeah
0: i'm uh, i'm getting hit with all these rule books and it's like i'm not trying to find the whole rule book dude i just need to know this part um and i haven't heard a lot of people say that but i there's no way that should be targeting i mean that, that like uh ejection contact we got you but yeah the ejection was ridiculous so they can't pretty sure midweek they could say hey he shouldn't have been ejected um yada 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 but i'm I'm trying i'm getting a little uh uh echo um i uh yeah i can't i can't find it just yet as far as well you know
1: moving on to while you look that up i thought and it definitely wasn't cook's Best game of the year, but I thought it was my favorite game of Cooks for the year. At hard yards. Um, uh-huh. good point. He ran hard. Uh He almost broke one. Uh, he got tripped up. Uh But he ran tough. And, you know, it was a lot of, like, you know, one-yard loss, five-yard gain, three-yard gain, two-yard loss, that kind of thing. But I think he ran tough through the whole thing. And it was nice to see, like you said, wong Ngu- Wu. He showed a little bit of something up the middle there. Um not only just speed but vision, evading tackles and and all that stuff. So I thought, you know, with with Madison out, you know, Wang Wu impressed me as as a second back there. Now, you know, would you rather have Madison? I don't know. Uh probably. Uh, but I thought that that was impressive, and I thought Cook was impressive in this game. I thought he, you know, ran tough when he knew what was gonna happen. He knew he was gonna get stuffed a lot. He knew that he was gonna have to deal with Hicks's mouth. He knew he was going to have to deal with linebackers that want to take his legs away from him. So I, I thought this was my favorite Cook performance of the season so far.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Um, you know, it, it was you got what a four point, yeah, four four a carry. So thirty like overall as a team, thirty three carries, one thirty two. You know, four a clip. That's that's pretty good. Um, that'll work. Like you said, just grind it out. Uh, we had we still targeted Jefferson ten separate times. Maybe one was a punt or whatever, but uh, still it was, you know, we, we, we were we were I liked it. It was just enough. You know, you're not gonna get, you know, the one eighty every week or anything like that. So I agree. It was it was rough going and he kept grinding it out and you know, he also didn't, you know, miss a bunch of plays or anything either in this type of rough game. I think one of the key differences, both quarterbacks were just getting blitz creaked. The difference is where our guys in the middle will put, you know, push guys back. They don't necessarily get to the quarterback. That was the difference. Cousins was seeing it from the middle getting to you and from the edges, especially Quinn coming off that edge. That Hicks play, though, and here's the thing, Aaron. Okay, cool. You call the Kendricks thing. Cool. Okay, that, that is what it is. It's the NFL. We get it. Um, but then you turn around, and Hicks is like his whole body. He kind of clotheslines Cousins in the head and literally puts oh, – we're not supposed to do this, right? Because Barr put his weight on poor Aaron Rodgers' COVID footer oh. on his shoulder. And, you know, that's a rule. They call it all the time. And I don't know – did they miss this one, too? They didn't see that. They were looking at Jefferson on this play. Maybe that's what it was. They were looking at Jefferson. But, dude, it's like how – you put your whole – that dude's 350 or something. I mean, and, you know, I was like, oh, dude, because, you know, we talked about this before we got on air. And Kirk, once or twice a game, will get up and you'll be like, yeah, that one got him, dude. You can see it in his face because he's usually pretty much the same dude the whole game, like it or not. And – uh You could tell he was slow going. And sure enough, the first time in his career, he is on the I fucked up my rib a little bit list. So he finally is on that damn list. And that it was it had to be that hit, dude, because that was like, really, dude, you're not going to call that.
1: Yeah, not only that, but it was the dance after and then all game. he He was getting elbows to the head. He was getting grazes to the head. He was getting, you know. There's just all kinds of crap going on with Hicks and the guys on the inside. They're just, you know, you said both quarterbacks kind of under pressure all night. And I thought, you know, for a veteran, Kirk kind of did what a veteran has to do and deal with the pressure. But you're right. I mean, that particular sack was just like, okay, so you're not allowed to do that except for this time you can do it. And, uh, and you know, 340, I think they said it on the broadcast, 346 is what Hicks is weighing in at now, dude. I mean, that's a lot. of Wait, that's not Anthony Barr. That's like two Anthony Bars, you know? Right. So it's like, well, what are you going to call for that? And, you know, just you see little things like like face masks that weren't being called and and elbows and all that stuff. So I, I, maybe the rest were like, just let them play. This is going to be nasty or, or maybe it's too cold. I don't want to see this stuff. But like you said, I thought it was funny, you know, maybe they were looking at Jefferson, at, you know, what? And they should have been looking somewhere else. And then, then when it was time to look at Jefferson, they're looking somewhere else. So I, I really can't explain the officiating except for, I think all around, uh, media and everything kind of realized that was a horribly officiated game. And, you know, I guess you could say it worked in our favor because we managed to win that game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just even things on special teams, Chris, I'm, mean, it just a lot was missed, but then a lot, you know, there weren't a lot of those normal penalties like false starts, holding calls and stuff, but just true strange like, you know. Well Udo didn't and, play, so that's well, why there wasn't
0: there wasn't the holding calls. Yeah. Uh and but the kept, right, that's like a good said, they they that kept
1: Bradbury point. away from Hicks, which was <laughs> hilarious and also interesting.
0: I mean, we were just talking about this as well. Like, how many times have you seen a setter not have to be the main guy on the big boy in the middle? I mean, it seems like he'd be in there someplace, and I'm not saying there was never a case where they came in contact. But they were like, hey, Cole, you're going to take this one on the chin today, and you're just going to have to deal with it. And I remember, I think it was it was either Barrera or some show. It was actually fill-in guests because it's, you know, Christmas week. But some dude said, man, if we had Udo, why didn't they start Udo, they said. And he gave all these stats that he hasn't given up a sack in so long. It's like, dude, when you have 12 holding penalties – he does realize those are fifteen yard penalties. That's and how did Udo
1: become the new Wyatt Davis? Yeah. Is Wyatt Davis <sighs> supposed to be the savior at right guard the whole yeah. season? We've got to see more Wyatt Davis. Meanwhile, he's been the hurt the pick. whole season, too. It's yeah. Like, do you guys read the injury
0: report? This ankle has been fucked up the whole year, basically. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a good call. That is. I've been hearing put it in! Ohio State, dude, he can't play right now, man. Like, So you want to play him on a bum ankle right now against Hicks. Like, that's just funny. Any so, other items, though? Go ahead.
1: No, I mean, I just think it's this If this offensive line. You know, I always hear – I was going to bring this up earlier, talking about the defense, and I thought it was funny when we were talking about the defensive line that, you know, well, we draft traits. We don't really look player. We – we know what kind of bodies we like and, you know, all that stuff. And talk about Wanham, and he kind of fits that mold. And then, uh, you know, you're still looking at, you know, two free agent signings in the middle because you're drafting traits. And same with the offensive line. Maybe, you know, maybe stop with the traits thing and, and just kind of go with production or find another way to, to draft some guys. I mean, Cole held up decently against Hicks, but, you know, Bradbury was just hating life going into this one and probably went to the office and <laughs> like, all right, guys, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to see him again. That guy scares me. So I, I just don't know how they're going to configure it because we got to see him again in what three weeks? Mm-hmm.
0: Sure do. And, and uh, he loves the last game of the year too. He oh my god, he'll pick up the ball and run it for a touchdown. And, you know, yeah, dude. It, <laughs> I swear, there's something. Let's check his salary cap number because Bradbury may have worked a deal with them and say, "Hey, I'll gladly take some money off my cap." If I could just not be one on one with this guy.
1: Um and now welcome Aaron Donald.
0: I was just told to say, different Yeah, in the layers. And by the way, they do have this this cornerback. I don't know if you've heard of him. We could have traded for him a couple years I suppose half the league
1: could have traded. Yeah, it's him on for the tip him. of my tongue.
0: Yeah, it's like, man, I know he went to FSU. Uh Mr. Ramsey. Um, Aaron Donald, on Miller. Uh, Leonard Floyd, like, it's going to get nasty. And here's the scary part, okay? Here's the scary part. If we don't have feeling, they're not going to have to bracket shit. No offense, I love me some Jefferson, but they're not going to have to help out Ramsey all game and put three dudes on him. You think they're going to play a bunch of deep stuff the whole time? I don't well maybe they'll play two or you know one deep or whatever they they probably will take away that the big plays or whatever maybe because you know because they got such a good you know front part of their defense where they'll be like yeah let's let's protect the back too but as far as doubling and tripling I don't see a triple team with Ramsey on the field on Jefferson if uh the you know if there's no Thielen and did you see that little clip of him warming up before? He definitely can't mm. explode on this. He said, I can't explode off of it. Um, he said he was close, but he just couldn't explode. And he also went to mention today, he was talking about, well, it'd be nice to do it in a practice, so I know. Uh, but we'll see. But he definitely was not full strength. when he. I saw like two routes, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's not ready just yet. And that's Monday. So um, we're going to need – we already needed Thielen, but with Ramsey – Donald Biller, you know, the the list goes on. Um, it's going to be rough, man. It's going to be rough. And I'm wondering, you know, uh, the feeling thing is so key this week.
1: Yeah. I think what you're going to have to do is get creative. And not only if you keep Jefferson on the outside, you're going to see a lot of press coverage and you're probably going to see it from Ramsey. And, uh, you know, Justin's okay with it, but it will definitely slow him down a bit. And, um, so I think we're going to move him around a lot, you know, get him in the slot, get him on the other side, get him in motion a lot, get him away from Ramsey if you can. I don't think the Rams will just, you know, say, Hey, that's your guy. Go get him, but they might. Sure. And if, if they don't do that, you know, then you're going to have to get creative with where you move him and, and decoys and, you know, pick plays and things like that to get him, get him open. And also you use him as a decoy. Like we said earlier, I mean, you've got, you know, Osborne, uh, Smith Marset. Uh, I think Dede's probably still under the COVID thing. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, I'm not um, sure if come off. But you're going to have to do some some creative things just to get him open. And that's not even to mention if Kirk's going to have time to throw the damn ball. Uh We're going to learn a lot about what a check down is, I think, in this game if we can't uh, find a way to protect him uh from this. Now, a lot of times we kind of, you know, chicken little disguise falling on this offensive line, and they end up playing pretty well. Let's hope that's the case. Um, But Aaron Donalds is not something to play with. And I just don't see Cleveland being able to, to fight him. I don't see Bradbury or Cole. I mean, I guess maybe out of those three, Cole's your best bet, unless you're going to cry for Ole Udo again this week.
0: Just got to go to Wyatt, dude. Listen to his first name. It's like the old West. Wyatt, dude. He's a gunslinger, except he's on the offensive line. But anyway, um, Uh, I noticed that in their games, because they don't protect well, you know, that well either, Um, they get into that mass protection type stuff. And, um, you know, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out too, because we are going to be able to get pressure on them too. Um, And, you know, Stanford at times when they've been, when they've struggled a handful of games ago when they struggled, I remember that Niners game, you know, he was all over the place in that game and, there's no way he's going to do that, a pick six, then another pick, then a pick in a row they got way down. And then once you're down 20 with a three or something on the Niners, you might as well just freaking get on the plane at half because uh, they're going to you know, grind you know down. But, um, yeah, I noticed that mass protection. I, I wonder how that's going to work. We send these blitzes, they pick it up, and all of a sudden, uh-oh. Um, and it's funny because cornerback wise, I mean, they got this guy Coop and they got a variety of other guys that can make big, big plays. Um, we haven't mentioned it, but brilliant. Really, we didn't have a drop off uh, last week. Now it's kind of silly to even talk about that because, you know, we're playing an offense that doesn't really throw the ball that well right now. Whereas that's not the case here. They can sling it around the, around the yard. So, you know, the, the, The key blitzes at the right time, and and maybe we will see seven in coverage, eight in coverage at times if they all of a sudden mass protect. All right, then, well, you know, they're going to want to throw something short to Coop or whatever. Um, It's just going into this game, they got a better offense. they got a better defense. Um, You know, they don't run the ball that well, but when you're throwing for 300 yards a, a game, that's probably have something to do with it. Um, and they stopped the run, they're, they're right at 99, and anything under 100 in the NFL is pretty damn good. Now, they do give up a lot of yards to the air, um, and, and whether that's having a lead, and then those stats are created more off of that, and so people are coming back and putting up, you know, meaningless stats at the end, you know, I'm sure that plays into, because I'm looking at it two, you know, two, 259, it's not horrible. But it's not necessarily what you say is a stout defense or whatever. But it, I think it's just going to be. It's at home, and that's great. I mean, the last time we played one of the best defenses, we put up what thirty-four points on Green Bay. Um, but they didn't have Ramsey. You know, they don't have a Ramsey on that on that team. Alexander's good. They got some good corners. Don't get me wrong. Clark's good, but he's not <laughs> Donald. You know what I mean? So. I don't see us like we did against Green Bay all of a sudden. All right, dude, we're going to put up 30 on these guys. Now, we've been kind of, you know, we're due for a breakout. Um, but, man, that the first couple of drives, we're going to have to establish, you know, I mean, who cares if it's eight plays or two plays, but we're going to have to get some points on the board in the first half. Otherwise, this could be one of those games where we actually get our ass
1: kicked. I agree with you. And, you know, speaking of uh, Cooper Cup. Let's look back a little bit a few weeks and remember Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys, they came in and did a lot of that max protect stuff and kind of threw us for a loop there, Um, you know, the two linemen in the backfield, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, So I'm sure, you know, McVay watches everything, so I'm sure he's seen some of that and the success they had there. I thought we adjusted well to it uh, in the Dallas game, so I don't know if we'll see too much of it there and, but like you said, I mean, we're down to Cam Danzler and 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 Patrick Peterson as our corners, and I think our safeties are pretty well intact. As you know, knock on wood for the for the old variant. But um, yeah, yeah, it's one of these games, Chris, where you're right. It could be a bloodbath and quick. But if we can establish the run, I know that's every Viking fans' worst phrase at this point. But if we can establish the run and you know keep the game. We like a PJ Fleck game and just, you know, shorten it, keep it sweet, hopefully run the, run the ball well and, you know, be good on third downs. But, you know, you're right. There's no, we, we, we don't see Ramsey often. uh We're down receiver. Hopefully Thielen can get back, but we don't know that that's the case. And, you know, do you trust Kubiak to come up with a game plan that can not only deal with the pressure, but also deal with, you know, being down a few guys that you need it's, you're going to have to get creative and that's just not something that the Vikings offense is at the moment. And besides a play in the end zone to Amir Smith, Marset, I haven't seen much for, you know, uh amazing play calls and, and play design here. It's pretty much Kubiak system, you know, or bust. So, you, you know, go to the tight end, try to get the backs out, maybe get Wong involved a little bit. Um But I, I, I don't think we survived this one. I, you know there is a chance Chris cuz you know strange things happen in the, in the league but yeah. we play the I, levels
0: I if we play a shitty team we're going to play shitty if we play a great team hey man we're a conference final team just look oh the fourth quarter forget it
1: yeah defensively i think we could probably do all right if we can get if we can get some pressure um but it's hard to say that's going to translate from the bears to the rams so yeah i'm not thinking it's a blowout chris but my logic is telling me that we lose this game, something like 32-24. I think we'll score some points. I just don't know if they'll be meaningful points. You know, we go down 17 and then start clawing our way back and end up with 24 points. I mean, that's possible, but yeah, I just don't see us winning this one. I'd say something like, you know, 28, 21, 34, 24, something like that. Uh, Rams win this one and we're back under 500 once again.
0: And ever since we were, we were one of three. And it's been two and two. We've kind of documented that. Two wins, two losses. Two wins, two losses. And we, sure enough, we won the last two. Um, but, yeah, my score that I wrote wrote down before the show, 28 to 20. So when you said 28 to 21, I was like, ah, oh, there it is. That's my score right there, basically, 28 to 20. You know, I would probably say, like, maybe 28 27 or, or, or maybe, I don't know, a feeling. If we feeling had just played or something and looked pretty good, I feel I don't know maybe I would go on on the limb and say we're finally going to put it all together and, and win three in a row against a good team because we beaten you know the Chargers on the road were good at the time we beat Green Bay we you know even it seems like a long time ago but Carolina was a winning team at the time we were underdog and, and so we we've shown that we can do it but you know I just without feeling. The protection is going to be crazy, you know. Obviously, the screen game—that's the one thing that's not Kubiak right now. But I don't really think it has to do with them not trying to. You know, it just—it's not in the books right now against some of these teams. It's not. It's just not there. Uh, we've done enough um, behind the line of scrimmage. Hey, is number thirty open? Ham. You know, we've done that, and it just—you know—use ham once or twice a game, and it one of them will spring for 13 yards and that's usually what it should be. And that's it. Um, so it's not, we've, we've tried this screen game and it just hasn't worked that great this year at all. And that, that's, I'd say that's probably the biggest disappointment of the offense this year is the screen game. Cause that's kind of what the screen, you know, this, this offense helps too. You know, it's, it's the play action and all that. We've I'll say this. We have the first six weeks, we barely used play action, but we have gotten back to that. But I, I'm just not sold, you know, to an overly aggressive defense. Well, how do you do it? We all know. You screen game, right? You Get him going this way. Hey, Bradbury's going that way. Pummel him. Okay, cool. There's a you know 17-yard game. But it just hasn't worked, so I just don't have the confidence in it, you know, to, to pick. Oh, yeah, dude, we're going to get the screen game going.
1: Yeah, it's execution. I mean, what was that play? I don't remember which team it was, but I think it was maybe two weeks ago where we had a Beautiful screen setup and the damn linebacker cuts through three linemen and and still makes the tackle. Now, granted, it was twenty yards downfield, but it could have been a touchdown. Should have, have been, been a more, touchdown. Right? Yep. And uh I think it's execution. I just don't think this line can perform it. And that's the problem here. It's not that it can't be called and it it's not a good call, like you said. It's it's that it's just not the timing's off, everything's off, and when you keep shuffling linemen, I you know, things that's like that is that's where you you lose that kind of, uh, I guess, you know, coordination in that game. But yeah, it's got to be there. And I think you got to at least try a few things. And I I don't want to see any more Conklin screens. I don't want to see any more, you know, ham screens. Give at it least six to
0: eight targets to ham at least, right?
1: <laughs> Conklin and Cook. That's our, that's our offense. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get checkdowns for sure. And oh, yeah. it's good that ham can do something with them, but. Yeah, I want to see cook in space. And that's, if you're going to screen it, it's only really worth it. Maybe a bubble to Jefferson from time to time or, you know, something to give Wang Wu a chance and see if he can come up with something. But cook in space is deadly. And that's what you want out of your screen game. And you're right. They've got to get it right somehow execution wise to be able to use it. Cause this is the perfect game for that. I'm glad you brought that up.
0: That's such a great example, dude. When you have three offensive linemen running down the field and Cook behind them, that's a touchdown, dude. that's a touchdown. I don't care who, what, where. That's a touchdown. And it didn't result in that. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. The only thing that we've given like as far as creativity, I do like the creativity they've done with Jefferson. But that's Jefferson because Jefferson can run every route. So you can't Like, if if a wide receiver can run every route, then you can't really be like, oh, yeah, the coach, man, he's really smart. No, the dude can just run every route. So I I, I like that. But, uh, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll definitely see here. Um, Any final words, sir?
1: Uh, No, not really. Uh, The Gophers play in, what, the 29th?
0: Yeah, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah,
1: next Tuesday. There's a lot going on there with – guys that are getting invited to uh, post-season games and stuff like that. And then there was, of course, the signing day, which I thought looked pretty good from what you can see. It's hard to tell with 18-year-olds, but, you know, I thought positions, like, were good. And, I think again, like, you probably won't – the way the program is now, we'll probably see these guys two, three years from now, unless they're outstanding athletes. So it's kind of – Taking some of the joy out of signing day because you just know you're not going to see him for a while. You just kind of go, okay, yeah, we got that kid and that kid and let's hope it works out. And that's a great place to be, I think, in college football. And it kind of shows where that program has gone and, um, and continues to get better. And, you know, we did mention earlier that, you know, this whole side of the Big Ten, uh, is, uh, improving. So you got to get better. You just can't stay where you are at this point. I mean, and even Nebraska's starting to have a little sunshine on it. So, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough in the next few years. And, and it'll be good to see, but it's not going to be easy in the Big Ten West. It's just a crack of sunshine
0: <laughs> um, for Nebraska. But West Virginia themselves, um, I think they – I don't think they've lost the game. I think I read it was like 14-0. Um, with their coach since he's been there when they have a hundred yard rusher um, and in the first chunk of the season their defense was pretty damn good and then it got banged up and um, it's it's pretty much all back to healthy now so i think some of those that, that'll be pretty key as far as you know slowing down the run and um, we do have everybody playing. Uh, nobody's sitting out for a, and this isn't even a great ball or anything, so that's pretty cool. It tells you the dedication and whatnot. Nobody's sitting. you know, They're going to senior bowls and all that, but nobody's going to miss the game because uh, they're holding out or anything like that. You know, I never sit there and fault players when they do that uh, because I get it, uh, especially for this level of a bowl. Uh, it's different if it's a big, big bowl, but that's pretty telling, too. Not one person is going to pop out of the game, um, which is pretty dumb.
1: All right. Well. I did see something else quickly. I did see something else quickly, and I don't know if you saw it, Chris, but a note from uh, Trey Potts. Yeah. And I think he's he'll think he's coming back. Sealed up, yep. He's yeah, he, he said he's going to make a full recovery. So that's, that's good news and another back. And, you know, he was having a hell of a season before he got hurt too. So now you got Mo coming back and Potts coming back. Not to mention the two young kids that are pretty damn good, so that backfield is just stacked like it has been for the last three or four years, so that's good to see too
0: and Bucky said, "Call me Bucky dude, I'm not Bucko I need to hear my nickname is Bucky dude no more Bucko stuff, so let's call him Bucky um but you're right in that way it won't have to be 47 carries for Mo either. You know, we can spread it around. Good call in pots though. Yeah, that's nice to see. Like you said, in five games, he had like 550 yards. He was tearing it up, man. Um, so that is good. All right, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the holiday, whatever you celebrate. Maybe you don't celebrate. That's cool too. Uh, we'll be back next week. Peace.